Hello, legends, and welcome to today's show. Catching Up With Cub is a podcast that ensures that you have the knowledge and the entertainment needed to kick ass in today's business world. As always, this show is brought to you by Cub, the club of United Business, Australia's number one members club, connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. Having the right network is the oldest and the most proven tactic of all time of securing success, but there's never been a way for any of us to connect. Now there is, and it's Cub, and that's why Cub is the country's fastest growing members club for entrepreneurs and business leaders. Today, we're going to be catching up with Cub member Simon Cohen. Simon has been a member of Cub for almost five years now, and he's the founder and CEO of property buyers agency Cohen Handler. Cohen Handler is Australia's largest and most premier property buyers agency. Uh, They started 10 years ago and have purchased over $4 billion worth of real estate, both residential and commercial. Cohen Handler have head offices in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, basically everywhere except for Perth. And Simon is a fantastic, fantastic friend of mine and advisor to some of our country's most affluent property investors. Um, We had a brilliant conversation and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, 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 Simon. Welcome to the show, my man. It's good to be here, brother. I'm, very good to be here. I'm very, very excited. How's the setup? I feel like I'm in the two crazy, UE studio. Huh? I know. We turned the house of Hakim to, <laughs> to, to, to today. Event. We're ready to go. It's mad, huh? Very um, good. Mate, you've been a member now. You mentioned it to me the other day for almost five years. Yeah, I think I was one of the... Uh, Early, early, yeah, one uh, of the founding members of the first club. Early parties. It's crazy. I know. Time flies, right? Matey, five years. It's taken us five years to get to the podcast. We've spoken about doing it a few times at Cub, but I'm very happy and proud to have you. Thank you. As, All good as, things come to those who wait, guys. right? Exactly, exactly right. And today we want to just dive into all things your business, business, the current situation, and of course, property. Yep. Um, I did want to, before we jump into everything, um, there's some people that live in a hole, uh, live um, under a rock, sorry, not in a hole, <laughs> <laughs> live under a rock yep. and don't know exactly what a buyer's agency, um, uh, the purpose of a buyer's, buyer's agency is and how that relates to the whole property market. Do you want to just first uh, give us a little insight? Yeah, I think um, for those of you who don't know, a buyer's agent is pretty simple. It's uh, someone who acts on behalf of the buyer mm. to find them property. So opposite so, to a real estate agent. Pretty much the opposite to a real estate agent. Our job is to find them everything that exists in the market. And typically around 60% of that is all for pre-market stock. Interestingly enough, in this market, it's a lot higher. Yeah. Do all the due diligence for them. So come up with what it's worth and why. And then screw the hell out of the price and get them yeah. the best deal possible. <laughs> yeah, so you, you get a buyer's agent because they, they advise yeah, you on finding the best deal. Yeah, we work against the selling deal. side. Exactly right. And you mentioned that um, there's a lot more off-market stock in this current. Economy. Yeah, well, right? I think people are nervous. They yeah. don't want to spend money marketing. They don't want to spend money getting, you know, styled furniture in. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel from what I'm getting, if they can sell and do it discreetly and do it without – risking the investment, mm. uh, they will. And so, and and pretty much with no auctions happening and no groups of people, uh, 
no large groups of people. It's just going around the off-market route, which and also, is very beneficial to our clients. And also some people don't want to show that they're selling their property in this market that's as well. A, that's which a, is a big thing a big, too. Big and you started 10 years ago now. I saw you yeah. had a mad party One, at a yeah. beautiful house in Vaucluse for, to celebrate. The, was it Vaucluse? It was Vaucluse. To celebrate the 10 years? It was great. Mate, 10 tell, years has flown by. Tell us this founding story. How did it start? Look, I used to be a real estate agent and um, – I actually didn't know that, which is very Yeah, for, for five, six years. And, and I just saw a, an opportunity, a, you know, a, a gap in the market where buyers weren't represented. And I thought to myself, well, without buyers, you really don't have a transaction. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be a different path here. Um, and, and I knew buyer's agency was a very big thing in the States. 80% of people use buyer's agents. And so I moved to the States and uh, I spent a few months researching buyer's agents over there. And to the dismay of many of my friends and family, you know, I quit my cushy job as a real estate agent and gave it all up and, and came and opened a buyer's agency to which everyone said, what the hell is a buyer's agency? Because yeah. um, a buyer's agency is a lot kind of newer as a more modern as a business yeah, It wasn't model. really a concept yeah, then. I um, we kind of bought it to, to Australia and sort of, pounded the pavement, getting it up and running and, and um, you know, haven't looked back a day since. And, and um, just uh, why, why was there never a buyer's agent? Why, why wasn't, why wasn't there? There were thing? buyer's agents. There were one they just and weren't two. weapon buyers. Yeah. <laughs> there were one and two man bands who sort of just looked after a handful of clients. There was no one who, who did it on the scale in which we wanted to do it. There was no one. Who, who wanted to shake up the game and mm -hmm. change the market like we really had a passion for and like we still do have a passion for. And, and what, so it was different. What did you do? Because one thing that we always found at Cub um, difficult was finding the team because mm. it was a new, it's a new concept. We can't, our roles don't exist in any other companies. Did you have a similar thing or were you, was the property market, you know, people in the property job market were quite relevant regardless? I'm someone who kind of looks at things on the bright side. And so for me, I saw it, you know, for people as an opportunity to get into something very exciting, something very new, something that everyone else wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that is something that people want to be part of. And so we, yeah, it's exciting. It's we innovative. create, you know, we've always been a business where we will create roles when the right people come along, mm -hmm. we don't look for roles. And so when the right people came along, we looked for, you know, we, we gave them those roles and our team grew. But where, where we've, you know, we nailed it is where we hired the right people to fit our culture. Yeah. Where we failed was where we hired the wrong people to fit our culture. Yeah. To me, the, the, the key where we have been successful has just been the right culture, the right people. I fully agree with that. My old man told me a long time ago, the second you find someone that is awesome, Take them straight away. It doesn't matter what it's for. It doesn't matter if you were looking. Just grab them because if you don't, someone else is going I've to. I've met random, sorry, guys, I love you, yeah. but, you know, at, at, at weird places where they've just been something special and you know they're going to work in, in, in the organization and mm. they've become some of our brightest stars. Yeah, it's crazy. And that culture thing, that's crucial. Like we have an incredibly strong company culture and you attract people who everyone's going to get along you with. You know them. what? It's it's not, it's not a company. It, it, it's a family. Cause you end up spending five, six days a week with these people. You talk about dates, you go on, you talk about Everything. fights you have with your partners. You talk, 
you know, yes. everything. You know them better than then most people most in your life. people in your I life. I agree. And so you have to really be on the same path. But where's the line? Where's the line? Where does it stop? Where is it? Okay, this is professional. This is friendship. Uh, look, I think you know if you're if you're a good if you're a good leader, mm-hmm. the line will be natural, mm-hmm. and your team will have respect for you, and you'll have respect for them. And no one will cross the line. And you, um, uh, the current crisis, you mentioned it briefly, you always look for the positives. What are the, po- what are the benefits in the property market at the moment during look, this? Are there any? If I look at any billionaire, yeah. they have made money in times like these. Well, this is when the rich get right? richer, is that correct? This is when the rich get richer mm. and this is when opportunity exists. Mm-hmm. Um, in a booming market, it's very hard to find opportunity. But right now, if you have the cash or you can get money from the bank, which a lot of people can because the banks are enticed to lend yeah, money right the now. governments are helping them out. You can pick up unbelievable opportunity. And, you know, it's so funny. I look at my book of clients and the people I meet every day and 50% of them are scared because mm. that's human nature mm. and 50% of them are fired Fuck up. Fuck yeah, let's go. Because... It is the time to pounce right now. And, you know, I have clients I was working with over the last few months when the market was booming and and the problem was we, we, we kept missing out on things. You know, we're now in a market where we were able to afford things that were the next level up mm. that they can buy now in their budget and, and it's, it's an absolute win for them. And if you take the long game, and the long game is even a five-year view, which is short in property, yeah. right? Um, yeah, that is very short in property. You're going to be fine because this ain't going to last five years. Mm. And even the people that bought just before the crisis happened. It's it's, irrelevant. Interest rates are 2.5%, right? It is irrelevant. Property is, as we can see by watching the stock market and everything else, the safest asset Mm. class you can get into. If you're holding long-term especially, it doesn't matter. And if you're buying the right property. So long as you can hold it and you can afford it. Yeah, listen, it's basically free to hold right now anyway. So, yeah. (laughs) Listen, my, my philosophy is you have to have somewhere to live. Yeah. You may as well be paying your mortgage than paying someone else's. Yeah, 100%. And, and the, this current dip, yeah. what are the areas that have dropped the most? I think everywhere. Or is, it, is this just so big of a blow that everywhere is it's not. A, it's not about where's dropped. You know, everywhere's dropped. It's about finding, you know, the motivated people in the area you're looking in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the motivated people to sell. The so motivated those, sellers. And how do you find them? You you just have to know. I mean, you know, we we have people on the ground all day, every day. Knocking just, on doors. Asking. And just, just following opportunities, right? But I think there isn't one area. Everywhere is opportunistic right now and that is the beauty of this market we're in. Mm-hmm. And do you think that this is – the point where most of the opportunities are going to come or do you think as the crisis drags out and unfortunately more and more people go into financial um, strife and they have to sell that there will be more buying opportunities? Un- <coughs> unfortunately, it's not corona. Unfortunately, don't, don't I, cough <laughs> me, right? unfortunately I don't have uh, a magic ball, right? Yeah. If I did, I'd be doing this from yeah. the Maldives. Yeah. Not from, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, but you know. Yeah. Um, what, what I can tell you is what I've learned from experience and, you know, having started in the GFC, um, and, and having, you know, researched a lot of, a lot of times in the world like these, you can never pick the bottom, Mm. right? 
where people make the mistake is they think they can and then they start buying back when things are climbing. You know, you've got to think, you know, am I happy with a 10% discount? Am I happy with a 15% discount? Am I happy with a 20% discount? And am I going to live here for 5, 10, 15, 20 years? And, Mm. you know, if there's ticks to a lot of those things, you know, it's always a good time to buy. And you started in the GFC. I started a business that no one knew what what it even was. In the worst economy (laughs) That we've had to date uh, till now. What did you learn from that then? Because a lot of business, I mean, obviously we're at Cub, we, we speak to business owners all day, every day. It's what we do. Um, uh, many of which uh, are handling this, um, I guess, with advice and with a bit of grace, but many of which are, uh, and many companies out there, not, uh, not our members that I've spoken to yet, uh, many of them are obviously struggling and whatnot, but there's many businesses out there who are going to somewhat use this, they're going to have to reset. It's like starting again. And what was the experience like for you I learned you can be one of two people. You can be a person who sticks your hand, head in the sand mm-hmm. and you can say, well, you know what? The world's too hard. I'm going to fail anyway. Yeah. Or you can come to work every day and you can see the opportunity mm-hmm. and you can believe in what you do and you can realize that there are people around who, in my case, still need to buy and sell property yeah. and you can make the most of that. It's about the mindset, isn't it? And I learned that there is always opportunity mm. and I believe in what I do. I believe we are the best at what we do. And, again, I can stick my head in the sand and make sure I fail or I can come and give it everything I bloody well have every day and at least if I fail – I gave it my best shot. And obviously uh, I know how brilliant you guys are. I've been a client before and, and my good friend who's also a member, uh, Andrew, uh, Andy has That's as a well. Good man. I spoke to him yesterday. He's a very cute man. So no, uh, 100%. And, but starting in the GFC, what issues did that cause for you? It actually was the best experience ever because <laughs> if you can learn to run a business in times like that, I have always adapted that mindset to my business over the last 10 years. Mm. So I've never gotten greedy. I've never gotten cocky. I've never thought tomorrow things are going to get better. I've always stayed very conservative. Have you stayed lean or no? You've been mm. a bit flamboyant with the money. Because I can tell you, Cal, we're pretty flamboyant with the money. I would say I'm pretty lean. <laughs> okay. I'm actually I'm actually quite conservative. And I Good. think, you know, one thing my dad always taught me was the less people know about you, the better. Mm-hmm. I, I think... And you know what, having worked through GC, having seen people lose houses, having done all of that, for me, I like to know that if the world ended tomorrow, I'd still be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, that's far more important than, you know, having an extra gold watch or something. 100%. Um, but and I learned great lessons. It, it, I think what's important, it's the times like this, I said it to the team today, it's kind of like being blind, right? You've lost Front the- blind or? No, 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 blind, like right. you can't see. Yeah. Um, you, you've lost your ability to see, right? Right now, a lot of people have lost their ability to sell. People aren't buying shit, right? So what does that mean, right? You can hear better. Your other senses are better. At Cub, we just took our service level. We, we, put, we jacked it full of steroids. And we strapped a rocket to it and we shot it to the moon. Mm-hmm. Our service level has gone ridiculous because almost 100% of our time now has gone towards servicing the members. Have you guys taken a similar approach and or – I think all companies should be using this extra time. There is. I don't care what anyone says because sales have slowed. Maybe not for you guys. For us they have. It's not about if it's if it's slowed. 
It's about that we are still gung-ho to over-service the clients we have. Yep. And so that hasn't freed up any time, right? Sorry, so that we're doing the same thing. Yeah, though. and I think you say, well, people are blind. I disagree because if you come in every day, you can see the opportunity, right? Yeah. You know, you guys have come in and have you yeah. seen the opportunity? To- <laughs> you just opened my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I've never understood that mindset where people say, oh, it's too hard, it's not yeah. going to work or ah, oh, the GFC came, I've got to close down or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I saw a pub in Leichhardt, uh, you know, like, a, like the Paddington pub or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're now selling groceries, right? You know, they are innovating, they are doing things. It's such a stupid thing, but- they are doing things to keep their doors open. And, mm. and I actually think it's exciting because it makes me come to work every day and it makes me interact with my team in a way where we're all creating and sharing ideas that we have that who knows, like an idea we can be forced to think of today could change our entire business, yeah. right? And so I just think it's exciting times. Uh, let, let me not lie, I'm scared, right? Yeah. And, and it is an uncertain world, but I'm not going to let that, Stand in the way, no. right? There is business to be I done. Saw, I saw, I've been seeing these absolute morons on LinkedIn um, complaining, oh, business as usual, business as usual. And, I mean, in some cases they're not morons because some people were trying to promote coming together and spreading the virus, so on, so on. But do you know what business as usual to me means? Businesses since the beginning of time have, um, have innovated and provided um, solutions to problems. They've serviced their community and provided a solution to a problem, right? They're always looking for a better way to do things. They're problem solvers. Business as usual, we should be doing business as usual. We should be solving this problem. We should be adapting our businesses. Mm. We should be pivoting. And we should be doing what we've always done, providing a valuable service. You know what shits me? 20 times a day I talk to people like, oh, you at home? You know, is, is, is things <laughs> closed? That me too. But people do. Are yeah. you fucking serious? <laughs> you have to claw me out of here. Firstly, the devil himself would have to come. My landlords still need to get paid every month, <laughs> yeah. right? My staff still need to get paid every month. Yeah. And screw that. If you think after surviving ten years in business, I'm just going to sit at home all day yeah. and watch the bloody Golden Girls <laughs> yeah. on TV, right? I don't want to hear that question anymore. And when I talk to people who are like, "Oh my god, the world's ending," I hang up the phone because yeah. it will end. Your world will end if that's what you think. Yeah. Mindset. It, whatever you see, some people are blessed to see the world in a better way than others. They're looking for the goods. They're looking for the wins. They're not looking for the losses. And the people that look for the wins always are the ones who score. It's the people who see the losses are always the ones that fail. hundred, hundred percent. What are you guys doing with your, um, with your clients? I mentioned, uh, we've lifted our service level. You did too. How are you communicating that with your, with your, um, or with your team and with your clients, are, are you are you in communication with them? Are you calling them up, seeing what's happening? Or what's yeah, listen, I'm checking in with everyone, clients, not clients, right? You know, interestingly enough, I called someone yesterday who is very much in the stock market, and I thought wouldn't it be a buyer, and they are a buyer. Mm. I think I'm going to use the term for me. It's business as usual. I love that term. We, this is my term. We talk to our clients all the time anyway. Mm. I'm on WhatsApp groups with everyone. I'm talking to my team every day. Mm. So nothing changed, right? In my opinion, nothing's changed. Well, maybe it should. The only thing that changes 
is when we're going for a property, we're a lot harder on negotiation. Yeah. And we're a lot harder <laughs> on what we think we should pay for it. Otherwise, You're it's, such it's a normal. Person. Seriously. <laughs> no, no, I agree. But I think that it should change. So we, for example, instead of bringing in 10 members a week, new members a week, we're bringing in more like six, right? That means there's a lot less meetings coming in. That means there's, we got time. Also, members are in more strife. So we're actually, every membership manager is reaching out to every member every week saying, hey, just run you. We're here. T t what's going on? What are issues you're having? We're going to connect you to somebody who's going to solve that for you, who can share that knowledge for you, who can That's be there great. for you. That's great. And we've done major benefit for Only that. piece is you, when things get back to normal, and they will, you need to keep that up. Because yeah, I know. once people no, I get used to that. it, yeah. you don't want them I know, to be we like, shut ourselves in the food there. Haven't heard from Daniel in <laughs> yeah. two months. Where is that dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he's getting 10 yeah. people a week. Well, I'm not being, interested. They're being spoiled. They're, yeah. being, they're being spoiled. But it's needed. And you know what? It's times like this where people need the love. And even I think as a company, as a company, you're almost like a shell. You, you represent a culture, like you were saying before. And, and if you can be a catalyst for just Positivity, just a catalyst for good shit. Just sending out good stuff, good love into One the world. One of my team said to me that you're the most positive person I know. And I'm like, well, how would you feel if I came in every day and I was the most negative person? But that's why you're a good, a good leader. We actually, I was talking with, I remember Dr. Ina, uh, Dr. Dr. Aileen, <laughs> Dr. Aileen Allegato who's a clinical psychologist. Right. We're talking about what makes a good leader. What, who, why do people follow someone? And, and she said that people f follow the person that, they, that provides them the most safety and security. That person's a good leader. And what makes up that person? One thing was that confidence, was that be, uh, ability to stay calm, see the positives, make good decisions and be willing to fight, willing to battle. And I thought that was really interesting because have you, can you think of a time that you've – like I know when I'm panicked – Fuck, everyone starts panicking. It's like we look crazy. Well, if the captain's place. panicking, everyone yeah. else is going to jump. <laughs> the captain jumped off the, the ship. The captain <laughs> has to stay calm. And 100%. we are the captains of our ships. Yes, 100%. And unless we are up there mm. pointing in the right direction, mm. everyone's going to freak out. Yeah. But as long as they see us staying calm, staying calm, happy. in the right direction, mm -hmm. we can freak out at home. Yeah. But at the office, yeah. we got to be... Leaders. Do you, any, do you do anything in the afternoon to, to let out your... In the afternoon? You mean the night? In the night, yeah. Um, like, for example, I'll, yeah. I train in the afternoon because, no, or in the night because in the there's morning. always something that's pissed me off during the day. I need to get it out. Nah, for me, if I get home at a normal time, get on the couch and unwind. Oh, you actually chill? Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Oh, I had too much ADD. I start. Yeah. I set up this podcast last night. <laughs> and then I learned how to use I started technology. making notes last night. I'm like, you know, you have to switch off for like an hour. What about your weekend? My weekend this weekend? Well, I work on Saturdays too. Uh, property people, property And sometimes people. Sunday. So um, property. I work property all the work. time. No. I'm not complaining. See, I, I, reckon, I reckon this lock-in thing, as bad as the reason for it is, is probably very good for a lot of people's minds. This was one of the first weekends I've had in a long time where I actually felt relaxed. And I reckon a lot of people woke up on, or came to work or started working on Monday, they're like, I feel like a champion. Is this, what, is this what the weekend's supposed to make you feel like? Maybe. Or they did the polar opposite. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this, this being home makes people lazy. It gets them into a routine where they get up late, they get distracted. That's the work day though. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree with that. I'm I'm not pro I, work from home workforce. I love doing nothing on a Sunday. Mm. This Sunday I had nothing on, but because mentally we were all like quarantining, yeah. I was going out of my mind. Yeah, well, I've got my family lunches on Sunday. I can't even go to them anymore because yeah. everyone's scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't Yeah, I know I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> um, but I'm personally not pro at home workforce. Obviously in this situation, yeah, okay, legally and all that type of stuff health-wise, but in general. Oh, yeah, I that legal people, health bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we don't <laughs> that. But, uh, I, I think people need the team. The there team is, is the power. Power is in the community. than being together with the team. Yes. Nothing. I come into Gene the office other when other I don't stuff. need to be in the office because I thrive off the team. Yeah, it's fine. Right? When I walked in here, Marcus had just had a sign-up call with someone. Yeah. And like I'm cheated up hearing about that. Yeah. Seeing them win, you know. Yeah. That's the best. 100%. What gets you more excited? A, a new sale win or a potential sale win or a client that's like, man, I love you guys. A client? Yeah, I do too. I like that too. Deals are great. Yeah. But but sales can always come. The happy the, clients make you feel the better. The outcome of what you do, the why of what you do, nothing's better than that. No, I agree. What is your why? As a business? As a person. I want to have a legacy. You know, yeah. my why is to leave behind something that 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 is that has an impact. Yeah. In what way? In changing the way, you know, property is bought in Australia. Yeah. Making it easier for people. Giving, empowering the buyer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's crucial because a lot of people, particularly a lot of members, right? A lot of members are young entrepreneurs who are making lots of cash for the first time often. And they don't know necessarily exactly what to do with it. They're like, do we buy more do we do we buy do we start another business? Do we put it back into our business? Do we buy stocks? Do we buy property? Some of them haven't got that expertise. They also don't realize how little you need to buy a property, and that too, and that too, you don't need to go spend the ridiculous Sydney price on property. But you can, but you don't have to put the full amount down, right? Yeah. So they're, they're a better understanding of the whole process. So if someone was looking to buy a property, let's just use me as an example, so listeners can kind of paint the picture for themselves. Mm. How would you advise? them to find the most ideal thing what's the process you run through well one we need to understand what what your budget is okay Two, and we, how do you figure out your budget well you'll go to a mortgage broker and they tell you what you can afford yep yep two we'll need to decide if you're going to live in it or it's an investment what's the very, difference very different strategies there what, should what be the zero emotion in, in an investment so it, you could buy an ugly piece of shit and it'd be well, a good investment no you need to buy something that ticks a lot of boxes for capital growth and for tenants. Yep. Whereas a place you live doesn't necessarily have to have those things. Yep. Um, so very different strategies. So the place you live could actually be a less, a not as good investment, but yeah. more. You might more, want to live in Vaucluse, yeah. right? Um, and that's fine, but you wouldn't buy an investment apartment in Vaucluse. Where would you buy it? Oh, Throwing it out there, you'd buy in Wollara because you're by the train station, you're by shops, you're by cafes. Yeah. You're going to get a lot more tenants. Yeah. You know, that's the difference. Yeah. Okay, so you choose between live or, or investment yep. and then what? So it's budget. Yeah, which you get through the mortgage. It's what but... you're looking for. Yeah. It's live or investment. Mm -hmm. Then we discuss the best areas we think to buy mm -hmm. and then we go and out you and go find the best hunting. opportunities. You go with that spear Bang. and you hunt that deer. Yes, we do. Amazing. And – um, and when does someone know they're ready to buy a property? When is it the right time? When uh, have you saved enough? When have you? When when you have enough. 
But is it, what's enough though? Well, and what's better, commercial or residential? For what? Investment. Well, I'm not going to live in a fucking shop. I, I, I'm a residential person. Why? Um, just because I think you you have a a how do I put this? You have it's less likely for it to sit vacant mm-hmm. in residential than it will in commercial. So when a tenant leaves a commercial it could property, sit vacant for six for, months, for, and you're paying that, you're paying that thing. Resi, and the capital growth. You guys have a commercial team, and we buy heaps of commercial you stuff. Do? Yeah, big commercial team. Who normally buys commercial? Is it the bigger investors? Yeah, you know, we bought a building for twenty three and a half million, and we bought some buildings for eight million blocks of flats. Yeah, um, Resi, Resi has a much better capital growth. Commercial has a much higher yield. So it depends what you're looking for. Okay, awesome, and your team. Uh, I know a lot of people's teams are worried at the moment, right? There's a lot of worry in the air and and um, they're, they're watching things happen, horrible things happen to friends, losing their jobs and things like that. How are you handling that? How are you kind of inspiring their confidence? Look, and- we, we joke around because it's just what my team is like mm-hmm. about who's going to get fired next. <laughs> um, but in reality, we come, to, we come to work every day. Yes. We discuss every day what we can do today to do something different. And we get on with our job. Mm-hmm. Are you doing more things to keep community in the team? Or have you tried to beef up meetings or We talk stuff? every day. We, we had a meeting today with like 10 different people on 10 different FaceTimes, which was interesting. <laughs> we're doing that too. Um, we're going to get Zoom tomorrow. Oh, that's us. Um, I think it's just communication with my team. Mm. It's sharing ideas. Mm. It's asking them what's working for them. Do you have a WhatsApp team? WhatsApp? Yeah, we're, we're any team that does not have a WhatsApp group. I've got about fifty WhatsApp is, groups. <laughs> but I've got a buyer's agent. I've got my team. Yeah. All my clients are in WhatsApp. Yeah. And yeah, we all talk. We all share our wins. You know, the other day sharing wins on the WhatsApp yeah. has to be the number one. But most the other day, someone thing. had an issue and they they bought it to the team on the WhatsApp and everyone put their ideas in. Mm-hmm. It comes down to one word and it's the word I think encompasses everything in business and it's communication. Yeah. Communicating with your staff, with your clients, Just constantly with open. your market. Communication is the number one thing. I think also that the the owner or the CEO should be also paying extra attention at the moment to those that they can see are suffering from a bit more stress. Like – I think messaging in the evening, just hey, just seeing how your day was. How you, you got to celebrate things. Today was, you know, one of my team members' birthday. She's been with us seven years. Wow! You know, Can you believe your company is ten years old. I know. It makes Did you me know, feel old. I can't remember the exact stat, but it's something like three percent of companies make it to ten. Only seven percent of companies make it past two million in revenue, and wow. only one point five make it past ten million. Wow. And only 14%, just to brag about all my knowledge in the business market, only 14% of Australians are business owners. And I think it's like 4% of those. I can't remember. Actually, I don't want to lie about these next time. I was just better completely right, well, make that let's, let's get <laughs> But it's a very small number. First uh, coronavirus uh, recession. Yes. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah we bought flowers. Go, that's about to go way We down. had candles and sung happy birthday. I think it's important to do all the normal positive things yep. because life goes on. Yeah. And that's the message that we should be sending out too. And I think spreading the positivity, as painful as the situation a lot of people are going through, and I think what they need to make a little bit of a laugh out of it, like what the fuck happened? Like that's just – like people can't be blaming themselves at the moment. 
and I know that there's a lot of guilt in the, the business. What people forget is the business owner in times like this, there's a lot of companies that are having to, that have been destroyed. And the owner has to carry that responsibility of, of letting go of team often that they're very close with, that they care very deeply for. And that would be the worst oh, thing possible. I can't, I can't imagine. At, at Cub, we all banded together. And, and this is what I recommend every team does. At Cub, we came together and we said, guys, we're making it, we're making a mission. We're making it our mission. We're going to be here at the end of it. We're going to be bigger and badder than ever. And all of us are going to be here. And we're all going to be willing to do whatever it takes to make that the case, whether that be whatever the situation is. Um, I, I'm a big advocate for teams coming together saying, hey, let's do a temporary wage drop just to make sure that we get through this crisis. Absolutely. And I think, rather than I let think people you go. do that if you need to get to that. Mm. I want to show my team that we're not going to do that if we don't have to do that. If you that. don't have to, yeah. You know, we were talking about this about an hour ago. One of my team, my direct team, was telling me back in the day his dad was running a very large company and one day he had to fire 200 people. Yeah. In one day. Yeah, that would suck. And he said it was the worst day ever. And I said, you know what? That would suck, right? But I guarantee <laughs> yes, you would. he probably hadn't met 198 of those people before that day, right? Whereas if I had to fire people, you I spend with them every, every day, day with these that people. That is so true. I love them. They're my family. Yeah. They're my friends. I reckon firing five people would be far, far worse, worse than those 200 yeah. because of the relationship. Yep, yeah, I agree. And and that's just one of the many great responsibilities that someone is signing up for. Being, a, be, being a CEO or a leader is not easy. No, it's not. You have the stress no, of keeping the lights on through these times. Yep. You are the one who will take the pay cut and sacrifices yep. before anyone else. And, and there's so few people doing what you're doing and in your position. And there's never been a way no one cares. to connect. Yeah, well, no one understands. They, they do understand. Sorry, they, 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 business owners are looking for others in their position because they can relate to them. Yeah, that's they can correct. Share knowledge no one, they can, they no can one else cares them. if you have to take a pay cut or... Mm. You have to worry, you know. No, hundred percent. Well, lucky that you're part of Cub and you're connected to some of the best entrepreneurs in the country lucky, on a yeah. daily basis. Five years and counting. I know. Well, I hope it's another five years, man. It's been so good having you uh, here today. Perhaps is there one thing, one thought, one key lesson, whether it be property or mindset or whatever, whatever it is that you would like to leave the listeners with? I think you know. For me, it's waking up every day. And knowing that the show will go on. Yes. And whatever you are going through today, I can probably write a thousand page book on the tough times I have been through before. I mean, I had to buy a business partner out. That's never And no one knows what that's like, Mm. right? There are a million days where I've thought the world was going to end Mm. and I've gotten through them all. And I think it's the show will go on and whatever Mm. everyone's going through, they're not going through it alone. You know, the the reality about this crisis is every one of us is in this together. situation. And so we just have to get through it together and we will. That reminds me. The world's not going to end. No, that reminds me though. When I first started Cup, I used to think if I had one issue – it's a tiny issue. One person didn't like something or an event or something like that. I think the whole company was going to end. It's over. That's yep. it. I'm packing up shop. 
Now we've been through so much a T Rex could bust his ass straight through the clubhouse ceiling and I'd be like, oh fuck it. Man, hundred percent. I'm ready for can, anything. Can we get some PR for this? Honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I think look, everyone just keep pushing forwards. Let's survive this shit so we can then thrive and make sure you're constantly connected with others in the same position. Um, so that you can always be there to help and each take other. advantage. Like if you <laughs> if you are fortunate, right? You yeah. can buy property. You can buy shares. Hundred percent. Get in now because you don't want to be the person like every person I, I get in front of who says I should have, I should have, I should have. Mm-hmm. If you can do it, awesome. Thank you so much, my man. Everybody, I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. Um, and I know I learned a lot, and I'm sure you did too. Property mindset, the entrepreneurial journey. It was all there. Thank you all. And I'll see you next time.